0: and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Bullwomen. My guest this week is Tim McGovern. Now, Tim was the lead singer of Burning Sensations. They're best known for their cult classic hit, Belly of the Whale. One of the most popular videos back in 1983 on MTV. Problem was, the band got caught up in record company politics with Capitol Records, of course, and they only pressed 15,000 copies of their album which sold out immediately. Myself and I'm sure countless others could not find the album anywhere. So people just knew the song on MTV and just really couldn't find a way to listen to the album. They got caught up in more record company politics by their song being played on the radio, which besides I think maybe LA and San Francisco, it really wasn't anywhere. I don't remember hearing it on the radio, just seeing the video on MTV. Tim formed Burning Sensation because he was dating the Motel's Martha Davis, and he was a lead guitarist in the band, they broke up, he got fired, that's why he started the band. He sets the record straight about what happened with him and Martha, also discuss what he's up to now, and also we talk about their uh, cover of Jonathan Richman's Pablo Picasso song, which is fantastic. And it was on the soundtrack of the cult classic movie, Repo Man. Discuss that. This conversation got pretty deep. Tim really set the record straight on a lot of things. Very candid. And I hope you enjoy my conversation with Tim. So, Tim, uh, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Yeah. So, I got uh, MTV back in 83. Right. Yeah. So... I and was it excited. Just
1: started, I think it's, they launched it in, in 81. 20. Yeah. Was it 81 or 82?
0: Yeah, 81.
1: <laughs> so, oh, okay. I, yeah. So I, I I was eight
0: years old. I don't want to update myself, but I was eight years old and I was right. know, a big music fan. And I turned on, got cable. I was super excited because I heard about MTV over a year at that point. And yeah, it
1: was great when it first launched. It was, yeah,
0: so. exactly. Now it's just shit. But the, the second video I saw on the network was Belly of the Well. Right. And eight years old, I'm like, what am I watching? This song is so catchy. But the video is like unbelievable. Um, (laughs) You know, you have like the Michael Jackson look-alike from Billie Jean in the video, the slide and everything. It's just so much fun video.
1: It was extremely fun to make, and uh, it was even fun for the crew because they had. We're, we were working with the same people that had done uh, Duran Duran. Um, uh, was it Radiovox or Ultravox? Ultravox. Thank yeah. you, thank you. Radio Radiovox. <laughs> uh, Ultravox, Duran Duran, a couple other things, you know. And he and he showed me his work. Jim Yukich was the assistant director to the director who couldn't make it that day That's he was off working doing movies or something. So he, uh Jim Yukich wound up being the director, but he still had the same assistant director and uh camera crew and all of that. And we just sat down and said, so how do you want to do this? You know, what, what uh, we talked about, what kind of video we were we going to make? And I says, well, I said, really, I want it. You know, they talked about you know girls on film. You know, and let's get right. boobies. And I go, well, I said it's not really that kind of song if you listen to the lyrics. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I'm all for. I mean, who doesn't like boobies? But no, of course, <laughs> uh, it, it just would not it wouldn't make it. It would have been gratuitous. So we just went for pretty girls in bikinis and 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 outfits and stuff like that. And. I says, well, let's, let's have it take place down in the belly of the whale with everybody else who got swallowed up. So who else might be down there? And then we, uh, we thought we talked about, you know, Gill- Gilligan and the skippers, right. <laughs> and, uh, 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 you know, various people, you know, that just wound up disappearing, you know, yeah. down, down the belly of the whale, you know, and that's why there's, you know, waiters holding lobsters and, <laughs> uh, uh, the fish spitting the water out of the soup. That was my idea because I right. <laughs> straight out of the Three Stooges. Yeah. Uh, Michael Jackson was Jim's idea. And uh, and having a dupe of Martha Davis was also his idea. Okay. And I said, said oh, are you sure? Because, you know, the record, is that going to, you know, offend the powers that be? Because- right. <laughs> an interesting thing happened right before i was st- we started making the video is the the person who signed me Rupert Perry who had also signed the motels got transferred from Capital over to EMI America to build that up okay and then they sent the schmoes from EMI America over to Head Capital um they were Val-Gare and Martha fans and didn't think too much of me uh-huh. uh, without even talking to me you know right uh, for obvious political reasons etc et etc cetera, et cetera. but uh so the guy the guy didn't get the song at all okay. I play, we played him belly with Don Grierson was his name he was the new Rupert Perry and uh I begged Rupert to take me with him but the ink was dry so he's he can't you know it's it's too many too many you know a bridge too far right so basically I got orphaned um uh, and, and the the new the new regime just didn't get belly of the will they honestly God, he just said well there's nothing like that out there you know he's a brit yeah and i uh, says well that's, I, and i i i guess kind of being the smart ass i says well i always thought that was wasn't that the idea yeah exactly of original music and he goes ah, that is fucking left field shit well anyway you know so i says well we're gonna he says well we, we rupert when he signed me he guaranteed a video it, he saw that coming. So he guaranteed, uh, uh it was part of my contract. They Great. had to produce a video and, uh, I, I actually got the same ink that David Bowie got, not the same money, of
0: course.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but the same ink. I mean, we got a good payday, but it was, you know, mostly because of the work I had done with the motels. That's how I got signed. Uh, uh, I wasn't even signed to capital when I was with the motels. Hmm. They asked me to. They said, hey, you know, you, you need to sign a contract. And I said, why? I already got the gig. And they actually got a kick out of that. Right. <laughs> they, they thought that was funny. And I says, yeah, he makes a good point. And I figure I would establish my worth. And then we'll talk about me signing with Capital. And, of course, I did. And the motels, we, we, I, I'm just going to straight out and say it. You know, I I was the reason they, they got on the world scene in the map. We got the Cars Tour through Mutual Friends and the All Pop. Right and uh and we went out there and we delivered and then we went to Europe and headlined over in Europe and really delivered uh whereas with the previous guitar player they had gotten pulled off to tour and told to go home and woodshed and that's that's why she kicked him out hmm. and since I was there in her bedroom you know right <laughs> i said you know we this is a huge step because if we're in the same band together and in a relationship it might be a problem but you know it's it's just so much better this way so we we went ahead with it and uh anyway back to belly of the whale uh so we, we the the video itself was uh, a huge success actually we got uh it was, they had the first in 1983 they had the first MTV viewers choice awards they called it and they had everybody vote in from all across the country with their favorite videos and, and uh it was coming up to it was around December, and somebody says, uh, "Hey Tim, you ought to tune in the MTV Video Awards, you know." And I said, nah, "I never watched the Grammys, I never watched the Academy Awards. I, I watched that stuff. Say, hey, yeah, you ought to watch this. Come on, it'll be fun. <laughs> All right." So I penciled. Apparently, whoever said that had the in, inside skinny that you know we were going to crack the top ten, and uh, we we were in we were in the top ten. We got number nine, and the the other eight spots in front of us were all Duran Duran. Right. And and I think the motels video was in there too, around six, six or five, somewhere around there. Not too far from where we were. Right. And we were completely unknown. Nobody knew who the hell we were. Uh, Even the VJs in the early 70s. So where are these guys? Who are these? (laughs) Everybody thought we were an English band, you know? And then, uh, and then gradually people got the, the connection between the motels because we put, and, and that was, pretty smart on, on you could just part to put uh, a dupe of Martha in the, in the video, I even suggested, well, you could always invite her, but and they were all like, Oh no, that's a bad idea. Cause we right. parted <laughs> on really bad terms. I mean, basically she said, there's the curb and, and that's so, it. Fuck you, right. you. You know? Right. And, uh, yeah. I got screwed out of six figures, you know, I, and Rupert Perry, the head of capital at the time, uh, the guy who signed the motels, you know, got on the phone with me and said, yeah, between, you and the fence post, you got, you really got screwed. And I says, "Yes, I know." Uh, that's how kind of how I feel about it. He says, "He says, well, I'll, t- I'll make a, I'll, I'll make a devil's bargain with you here between me, you, and the fence post. You put, put something together. Do it soon. Anything, I don't care what it is, and you won't have to go through the usual bullshit. I promise you." And, he, and so I found this band, Andy and the Rattlesnakes. The the, the lead singer, Andy, was leaving town. Uh, going back to New Jersey, L.A. was proof too much for the man, that kind of thing. And uh, so I went to see them play and the, and the band was playing. And I thought, these, these guys are kind of fun, you know, and I really dug the percussionist. Uh, it it added a different flair to everything they were doing. And so he and I got tight and I, I, we would just, you know, drink a lot of coffee and, uh, you know, imbibe in the uh, in the herbal and uh uh listen to his uh his uh third world record collection because anything with percussion on it that and, and the war of daishiki it, it, he had it you know all this and i said this is a gold what it's an untapped reserve of, of musical ideas you know much like the blues used to be to rock you know and we didn't have a term called world beat back then but we are actually probably one of the first world beat bands so we were playing Haitian music, uh, uh, Mawanko, uh oh God, you name it, you know, uh, Senegalese, you know, uh, Ivory Coast type stuff, uh, Nigerian, Juju. Uh, we were using all of those elements and just kind of rocking it out and, uh, and trying to write songs just slapping some lyrics on it and just go, you know, I, I just wanted to get back out there in a hurry. Right. And, uh, and belly the whale well was, uh, came about, I was helping a friend. Uh, uh, he was, I had just gotten gotten a boot from the hotels and he had these two, this old girl group. Well, it was, it was a duo, a pair of blondes. Uh, he called them the Gattles. He was, he was Scotch Scottish. So, uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember his name. It'll, it'll come to me. Uh, but anyway, he was part of the management team of Supertramp. Okay, this, this is all going to come full circle. So I'm helping those those two out, and in return, he gave me some studio time to record some demos. So I demoed up uh, the tracks, to Belly of the Whale," and but I didn't have any lyrics yet, uh, or even a melody. So I'm on the phone with this guy. Uh, God, yeah. oh, that's really pissed me off. I can't remember his name because he was a really good, good dude. I'll, I'll remember it. But he's, I saying, yeah, I feel like I've been swallowed up by the vinyl dinosaur, you know. And he goes, yeah, you're in the belly of the beast. And I says, yeah, I feel like Jonah in the belly of the whale. And I went, oh, wow. Okay. Hold on. Uh, can I get back to you in about twenty minutes? Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> so I just went down. I went, you know, okay, where's the course? I feel like Jonah in the belly of the whale. I said, there it is. Yeah. There- and the st- the lyrics just wrote themselves. I just took the I took the idea of you know when Mickey Mouse is down there or not, is it Mickey? No, it's uh, Pinocchio. And then lo and behold, Disney winds up putting out a a, a DTV version of of it and 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 uh, with parts of Pinocchio in it and parts of uh, Willie the Whale, and they just synced up a bunch of cartoon footage. I got a nice check for that. That was okay. nice. Um, it all just. Uh, that, that video just came together it was a lot of fun. We shot it in a little less than six hours. We started shooting it. it we set up about a little well, they were setting up early. They got they got entered around nine and we all show up. We get out of makeup and about 1130 and we were we were done by six. But um, the funniest part for me was was uh, at the uh, end. We, we pretty much shot everything that he felt right. And he says, so uh, so what do you think, Tim? And I'm standing there and the crew's all looking at me. Everybody's just staring at me. And I was wondering why. And I found out later. And I says, No, I'm good. And they just went, they looked at each other and like, oh my God, I love him so much. Because the every other video they had shot took days because right. the artist had these visions. Yeah. Of, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and I could just picture it. You know, the the prima, the prima donna thing kicking in. I says, you know, yeah, I don't know anything about making videos. You know, if you, Jim, if you're happy, I'm happy. And he goes, oh yeah. He says, I'm. He says, you'll be surprised what I can do in post. I got, I got some people that owe me some favors. So he says, I'm gonna really work it up in post. So that's why there's a lot of stuff. I thought, wow, that's really cool. I don't even know how they did that. Like there's the there's the opening sequence where I'm walking and and the backdrop is kind of like a, a a moon shining. Right. On they just painted that on the wall. <laughs> they painted that on the wall and they had me walk by and uh, he says, all right, I want you to, do you smoke? And I go, ah, eh, once in a while, and he goes, he says, so he just walk by with a cigarette, you know, put the cigarette out, look down, stomp on it, look up, smile. <laughs> so I did that. And as soon as I cracked the smile, the whole crew cracks up and I go, what's the matter? And they go, that was great. You know, <laughs> so we just, it just went like that the whole time. Um, the beach balls flying around, bouncing on people's heads. Yeah. It was a party. It really was. It's exactly the way it looked. Um, and uh, and then when we, when we took a, a lunch break, about halfway through, you know, I'm just sitting over by myself, and all the 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 Playboy bunnies that we had hired uh, to climb the ropes, rope ladders, and all of that stuff, they all come sit next to me. So I thought, well, this yeah. this is interesting. You know, and I like this. That's why I helped that gal. You know. I held the rope ladder for her as she climbed up because I'm right. a true gentleman. <laughs> it was a great view. I yeah, can, right. <laughs> I can still see it now. Yeah.
0: Yay. Yeah. No, yeah, that's that's awesome. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll get to the motels in, in a little bit. But after I saw the video, I immediately asked my mom, I was like, can we go get this record? Because I, I wanted to hear more from, you know, this band. Right. And you couldn't find it. Could not find it and everybody like,
1: about I got a story about that why why you couldn't find it, dude. Okay, please yeah, please, please tell me. <laughs> okay. Um as I said before, Don Grierson did not get the record. Right. So he we hadn't shot the video yet. We caught we caught Capital off guard with the video. It was a hit. It was a bona fide hit video. Um and, uh, but before all that, he, he just ordered, uh, he ordered the minimum pressing. There's, there's, there, at the time there were three plants in the country, one in Nashville, one somewhere else, one in Ohio. And that, that's who press, pressed all your vinyl records. And there was, there's a cue. I mean, you, there's a line, you, you know, you get in line, you wait your turn to get your, your master, you know, pressed, you know, and, and depending on who it is, you know they're going to press one hundred and fifty thousand. To it usually, usually, if a record company believes in a band, they're going to press that that many copies, about one hundred and fifty thousand copies for the first timers. You know, they pressed fifteen thousand copies. Wow. Um, the the video actually hadn't been released yet, but K Rock uh, and uh, I don't know if you heard of them, but they, that was. Yeah. They pretty much started new wave radio music before anybody, so they were playing the Human League. uh, Oh God, you know, name it: The Cure, yeah, Tears for Fears, uh, Depeche Mode, and all that. Yes, Depeche Mode. I was Mm going to say those guys were, you know, way on the way out front of everybody. Uh, Television, uh, uh, all of that. That's that was their that was their scene. And they had two sister stations, one in San Diego and one in San Francisco. 91X in San Diego, and I forget the San Francisco call letters. And uh, they played all that stuff. Well, as soon as Belly of the Whale was, quote, unquote, released, you know, dumped, thrown to the wolves, they they jumped right on it and played it. And everybody's calling it. Oh, my God, who's that? Let's play, 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 play. play. And, well, the 15,000 copies flew out of the store in a, in a few days. And then there were no more. Wow, and that's that's why you couldn't find the record, and you also couldn't hear it on the radio. Yeah, there's, a, there's I never another heard it. there's another story about that. Simultaneously, with the the the, the, the being shit on by Don Gerson, uh, may he rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact I outlived that son of a bitch. But anyway, <laughs> the, uh, the, the he. They, in their wisdom, decided that they had this EP by Duran Duran. It was shot entirely on video, and they were going to release it to MTV first before they release it to radio. Now, at the time, they had it's. It's not like you know, Clear Channel owns all those stations now. And yeah. no, other, it was like there were still independent radio programmers, program directors, a bunch of them. They had a. A union or whatever you you call it, what you will, an, an organization, and they had a magazine called R and R, Radio and Recording, and there was an article that came out, and the head guy of the Radio Programmers Guild or whatever it was said, "Well, if Capital's going to do that, then you know the next time they didn't need airplay for their new for for a new band, they can go piss up a rope." And guess who was the new band? I'm looking at him <laughs> We got we got zero airplay. And we right. had no copies, so all we had was that video and the local LA station K Rock and San Diego station. So we did fine in that area, and then we went out on tour under our own power, and we got as far east as New Orleans. Okay. And I'll never forget this: we played, we were booked with uh, to open up for Madness. Oh, okay. Also a K Rock favorite. Yeah. You know? That's some call it madness. All <laughs> our house in the middle of the street, you know, and a great bunch of blokes. We had a ball, we had gumbo, you know, we we drank for horrific what's the word? <laughs> <laughs> we drank, right? <laughs> uh, but anyway, we're playing, we're opening up for them, we're playing on a riverboat. There's about 3,000 college age kids on this boat because you, you have to understand these riverboats are really big, and it's basically one large deck. With you know three or four bars scattered around the the, the perimeter, so we're playing. Uh, we open up with uh, a song called Crawfish from uh, the Elvis Presley movie uh, Kid Creole. You know, as that boom, boom 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 boom. You know, it's real New Orleans thing. You know, crawfish, <laughs> and uh, and the bartenders are you know rocking the boat's rocking. The kids are the kids are trying to rock the boat. And it's working. So the boat's rocking back and forth. Everybody's swaying to the music. They're dancing. The bartenders are pouring to the music. And and it's just going over gangbusters, right? And so the last song we play, um, tempo ropes out the conch shell. And boop. All of a sudden, the whole place just goes, oh, my God, you're those guys. They all, they're singing along. Right. The kids are out. I mean... You know, girls on the guy's yeah. shoulders, you know, showing tits, it, it, you know, total collegiate Mardi Gras shit, you know, mm. uh, singing along, know all the words. I go. So we finished the song. I says, I come. You guys know this song? We're we're not on the radio anywhere. Mm. And they, as if on cue MTV. Mm. And I, I never forgot that because it was like, oh, my God, how fucked did I get? You know, yeah. Between hotels and capital. I got, you know spit roasted by those two entities right. you know and wow. and uh, so that's why that's that's why there was no re- records and that's why we had no airplay that's a true story mm. and that's like a terrible business
0: decision you figured like if the 15,000 copies fly off the shelves immediately you get an
1: airplay oh people- well they tried to play catch up they tried to play right. catch up and by the time they could get another uh, place in line at the at the pressing plants yes. um it, it was kind of over and they put out an lp instead of the ep and right. so they, i told them, i says why don't you just you know print up some more copies of the ep um but by that time record sales are a funny thing so since there were no records back then people would just tape it off the radio yeah or even off the uh, off the tv off the mtv right so we were probably one of the most pirated songs <laughs> of all time. There's no stats because you can't. Yeah, exactly. I know how many we have. I know we had millions of views on MTV because they, it was on regular rotation. It was on once an hour. Right. We were on as much as Michael Jackson or, or Duran Duran. Yeah. Yeah. All the
0: time. Yeah, yeah. I got so excited. I was like pissed. Like made my mom go all over like long island and queens trying to find that album Just couldn't couldn't you know find it so but now you know if you want to copy it's on youtube you can listen to it on so, YouTube. right
1: exactly yeah, For yeah. Like that, you know anytime it plays i get 0. 0.007 cents yeah. 00007 yeah
0: right yeah, yeah. well yeah serious xm will play it you know occasionally on the first wave on that channel
1: um yeah well that's another thing that's not now that's you know when you talk about program directors that's that you have one program director telling all every radio station in the country what to play and and the djs it's it's disgusting really that's that's why rock is dead that's why you don't get to hear a lot of new music anymore right uh it's it's kind of sad do you do you have the rights to that album now
0: what do you mean like the the, ma- the copy of the masters are those yours now? The masters, unfortunately, yeah.
1: were destroyed in a fire. Oh, that stinks. Uh, the studio burned, and uh, and actually that actually happened over at. Uh, uh, I I think it's Chinese lightning. If you if you get my drift, uh, right? That actually happened over at Universal BMI. Where I forget who who it was, but they uh, police lost their master. A lot of people. There was another. That yeah. was a different fire. Oh okay. But. Um, Anyway, you know, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of, a lot of masters of those that during that period are just lost forever. Right. it's no, You ever think about re-recording that album? Oh, I have. I, 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 I did some gigs, um, not the album, just, just Belly of the Whale. I, okay. I recut all the tracks, and uh, used them as backing tracks, and did a couple of gigs uh, right after the lockdown came out. I got invited to go on this lo- what was called Lost '80s tour. Oh yeah, yeah and um i got to you know get up and sing my song over some backing tracks with a couple of musicians sort of playing along to it you yeah. know um and it went over really well it's, uh, i i was planning to do a 40th 40 year release you know but now it's 41 years so yeah i'm this <laughs> off but yeah i'm thinking of uh uh, re-releasing it i i did re-release the original um on uh so it is on on on, um itunes and spotify and all that right yeah Um, because you know that's the original version yeah Yeah. because you know
0: the ep i mean i was was finally able to you know i'm sorry the lp i was finally able to hear it you know because they have it on on youtube and some great songs on there i love you know so maria is great
1: Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. We, we, we just, honestly, God. I mean, I don't mean to denigrate it at all, but we really, literally, just slapped it together to try to ke- play catch up. But like right. I said, it was, it was just too late. Everybody already had a copy of the hit yeah. off the radio, so they didn't. They didn't feel the need to run out and buy it. Right. By that time, you know, I, we're talking by August. You know, yeah. so it it came out in May of '83, and you know, by August it was the you know the record buying public already had a copy of it somehow, so there was no yeah. need to buy it.
0: Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. How did um the cover of Pablo
1: Picasso come about for Repo Man? Oh, okay. There's another funny story behind that. So we're uh we're on the wane. All we have is a, a an MTV video, and nobody knows really who we are. Um, uh, the record company's about ready to drop us because they had to come up with a a yet another video contractually, you know, which they're, they're kind of expensive. And, uh, with the conversation I had with Mr. Grierson at that time was, you know, I said, I mean, what's going on here? You know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was my question. And, uh, at, at any rate, they just summarily just let us go. Um, New Year's Eve of that year so we're talking uh 1983 1984 that New Year's Eve we're slated to play at the Madam Wong's Chinatown and of course there's there's New Year's Eve gala gigs all over Los Angeles so we set up to play and there's <laughs> there's six people in the club <laughs> it's pretty depressing right and uh you know we're all feeling like okay that was that was a nice ride um and uh we've at the time we had been covering pablo picasso all along really we've okay. been doing it quite a while because i always got a kick out of the song yeah <laughs> it, we just did a weirder version of it You know, some people try to pick up girls he called an asshole this never happened to pablo picasso why he could walk down the street Girls did not resist his stare. Pablo Picasso was never called an asshole. Not like you. Picasso was never called an asshole. Resistance there. Subsequently, Pablo Picasso was never called an asshole. Nope. Not, right here. Not like you. Asshole. By the way, Jonathan Richmond said our version was his favorite. Oh, good. I was going to ask you. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, uh, to go back to the motels thing, Jonathan Richmond's band, their drummer was uh, David Robertson, who is the drummer for the Cars. Okay. So that was, he wound up playing in the pop for a while before he moved back to Boston and formed that band. So that, was the connect that's how we got it was through him that's how we got the cars tour okay nice yeah he they came to see us uh the motels they came to see us and i I took him back to the bar and i says oh, how'd you like it and he goes he says it was a really good show man i appreciate it I says well what do you think cars motels chick singer non-threatening yeah and he's smiling and he goes well i'll talk to my manager you know and uh next day you're on you're on the tour you got it you got the gig. Nice. <laughs> yeah 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 but it was because of who you know the you know the pop the the whole pop connection you know so. right yeah no
0: that's I, I saw the cars what was it maybe 12 13 years ago
1: when they this tore? was uh 1980 was that year we went on tour with the cars
0: right yeah no i mean I, I was lucky enough to see them at least when when rick was still alive but you know benjamin Orr had already
1: passed away oh yeah you you missed uh yeah. you missed the whole the real cars because yeah he was, he was half of what he was the he was the babe magnet. He was he was right, the yeah. And he, no, he was great. Record. He had that great croony voice. Good, real good bass player. He yeah. was a good band. I mean, they it really, really was. Great. Yeah, yeah. And they were they were great live. They yeah, great, great, great live. Roy Thomas Baker produced the record, so they had that those Queen style harmonies. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, but we opened up for them, and we. Uh, the, anytime we got a review on the show, it's was like, well, this is the opening band. It's, it's rare that an opening band just about blows off the, the headliner, but it was close. Yeah. Uh, that it put on a hell of a show. And uh, that's when we, I was trying to make them a rock band. You know, I was trying to make them arena worthy. Right. So we held our own in 20,000 seaters. We held our own opening up for the cars mm-hmm. and, uh, and more than held our own when we went off to
0: Europe. Yeah. were you, were you with uh, Martha before you joined the band?
1: yes yeah okay yeah before during and and then obviously not not after (laughs) yeah right (laughs) yeah
0: did your paths ever cross after you got you know guys kind of separated or no no no
1: okay i yeah i had her on a few years ago on the show (laughs) yeah yeah she was uh for the longest time she was running me down pretty bad. She was painting me out to beat the white, to be the white Ike Turner or something. You know, it was, uh, uh, the reason we split up because I want to control musical control and all that right. stuff. Bunch of garbage. Um,
0: is that what <laughs> the, the third album with the apocalypse? So is that what happened? Kind of the breaking point.
1: Yes. We were in the studio. We were trying real hard. There was, um, val was shoving cocaine up her nose uh you know he he wanted his very own linda ronstadt he used to work for peter asher who produced all the linda ronstadt stuff so that's he saw this as his his opportunity to rest w-r-e-s-t her away from my control quote unquote um but that's not what broke us up okay uh, that's that's not why our relationship failed. It, it had nothing to do with musical direction or right. anyone to control the direction of the band. I she it was her band. It was always her band. And when she when she came and says hey I, I got this song you know and then she started playing on a piano and I went I said God damn it I think I think we got a single here and that was only lonely, and I called Val Gray over and says come on over here man you know and he comes over and she plays it for him and I go we think and he goes that's that's a good song. So let's do it. All right. So I, I, we downloaded it up. And st- I think that's the version you hear on. Uh, well, actually, we downloaded a bunch of stuff. We recorded a bunch of stuff in the bedroom there. Um, and uh, I'm not sure if the demo version of Only Lonely is on there or not. But there's some other stuff on there as well that they somehow got had. She had still had a copy of my TAC cassette four track tapes that we recorded. Right. And they actually, they actually released them <laughs> <laughs> uh, on that on that album. Uh, but um I'm I'm not sure why she felt it necessary to paint me out as that. Considering the real reasons that we were right.
0: growing apart. Do you think it was her or you think it was someone like influencing her?
1: Well, yeah, definitely, Valgueray was in her ear uh, with a with the coke spoon. Um, I, the reason I know this is because I had spies on the inside after I had left. They shall remain nameless, but you know, I knew I knew what was going on, right? And uh, his <laughs> Valgueray's wife at the time, newly bride i should say was uh, Monique saint pierre and she was the uh playmate of the year that year okay. so he's riding high he's got he's married yeah. to the Playmate of the year he's got the number one hit with betty davis eyes uh which is the reason i picked him i picked him i picked him right Gore <laughs> to produce the record um reinhold mac wanted to do it but he had a couple of projects that he had to do first and, and I, but i just i listened to betty davis eyes and i thought you know that i think this is our guy i think that that sound i think you know that modern right. keyboard influenced sound you know it, it 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 just seemed like a good fit plus anybody with a number one record you know for the next record he produces is going to get some attention right exactly yeah you know so i it was a strictly business position for me i didn't particularly care for the guy but and i'm sure vice versa uh we, we both had strong personalities let's put it that way um what was the question <laughs> oh no no, no. i was just like it like, like you know, i get lost when i start thinking about this stuff yeah. because it, it was a traumatic time you know, right no me. and I, yeah and i, I
0: apologize know. if there's anything you don't want to talk about i totally totally understand no it was just that like martha you know was influenced about like the reasons why you know your relationship broke well, up. Okay,
1: well, no, that was part of it. The main reason had to do with her with her. Well, she's deceased now. So I'm not saying it's fair game, but it's safe to talk about. Uh, because she is she was innocent at the time. But um Martha was paying really good money to send her to a private school in Encino. And uh Maria started acting oddly. Uh, I recognized all the signs. I knew she was having sex with somebody, you know, walking with her head down, you know, moody, uh, standoffish, uh but she's 14 and and Martha, who got pregnant with Maria at 13, felt like she really couldn't say anything. And it says, listen, this isn't you, she's not your pal. We're not pals here. That's you're her mother, you know. What we right. need to get to the bottom of this. Well, we we get to the bottom of it, and it's her freaking art teacher. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy's 24, 25, and she's 14. And uh I am livid. I mean, I'm livid. I call the guy up I tell him, I said, you need to back off. You know, I says, I don't want to call the authorities because I says, if he, I said, dude, you won't make a, you won't make it a day in the joint. They'll kill you. They will. Right. You know? and, uh, and he was kind of a, a beta boy anyway, you know uh, I you Well, anybody, anybody that's in a 20, 24 and they're going to bang their 14 year old. student. Yeah. Now, to be fair, Maria was a, a classic uh, Lolita archetype. Okay. Manipulative, very pretty, um, mature physically for her age, et cetera, et cetera. But she still hadn't grown into her feet yet, you know. And it was the principle. I was like, you know, are we just gonna st- are, are we just gonna stand down here? And that's kind of was Martha's stance. Stand down. And I go, no, no fuck no and uh the anger built up to the point where i was just like you know i i was asked to move out on christmas day hmm. you know uh, maria and martha just sat there and looked at me you oh, know you need to move I went, okay so i moved out um we were st- we were, martha and i were still seeing each other but anytime right. she came over you know as long as that was going on i was just uh Not happy about it. Really not happy about it. And no, I never beat her up or any anything that she was trying to. It, it, she was always intimating that it was, you know, I was just this controlling uh, Ike Turner type guy. And it's uh, I'm sorry. That's that's just I, I need to clear that up, you know, before before I die and before she dies. Fuck you very very much, Martha, for all of the all of those things you said about me, you know, but uh, that's why we broke up. Okay, It was over over Maria. Right. Yeah. Were
0: you um, after the band left? Did you kind of like follow their success after that?
1: Were you kind of jealous? I couldn't I couldn't couldn't unfollow it. It was uh, everywhere. Oh, and when I while I was still in the band, you know, they, they had come and I says, you don't think they called us a meeting and they says, well, we still don't hear a single. I says, you don't think only lonely is a single. And they said, no, we don't. I says, well, what do you want to do? We've, we've reached the end of our budget. And he goes, money's not a problem here. Get back in, write some more song. So we get back in and instead of coming up with new material and doing everything, Val Gray starts re-recording everything. And I says, what are you doing? You know, a remix, fine, you know. Actually, yeah. all that shit needed was a it was a better mix. I, I think he mixed it dark on purpose between me and the fence post because he got he got the double the recording budget. He got it, it was all it was just more money for him. Right. And more of an opportunity to start really putting wedging in between me and me and Martha, you know, business-wise and all that. He wanted to manage the band, this, that, and the other thing. I think he did for a while. Uh yeah, it was. Um, I got. I no, I didn't. I didn't follow. Uh, was I envious of their success? No, I knew. I knew they were. They were set. I, I'm the one that helps set it up for their success. You know, with the with yeah. the cars tour in the in the in the European tour, we we delivered a show. If you go to uh, any uh, Rock Goes to College on on MTV or or YouTube. There's, there's live video of us playing and it's a completely different motels than people got to see ultimately, you know, in 1980, we were, we were a rock band. Yeah, you were. We were were in a lounge act, you know, and that's, that's what it became. And she went right back to that tragic posing shit, you know, and it's just like, okay, you know, I could see where that was going. Nowhere. Right. Hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it was it was already written in stone. But oh, <laughs> we had a conversation with Rupert after I gotten um, the boot, and Rupert Perry told me what he told me, which is you know you don't have to go through the usual bullshit. So the first meeting I had with him about the burning sensations, um, we we sat and we talked, and he goes, well, I really liked what I I saw and heard. You know, I I love that. You know silly song he was belly whatever it is billy 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 the whale or something (laughs) he's he's taking a piss you know yeah he and i got along great always we we he was a fan and uh he goes uh so tell me what do you think of the new motels record put you know i mean are you shitting me you're gonna put you on the spot there (laughs) Yeah. And I said, without hesitation, I says, well, I think you paid twice the money for basically the same record. And is only the lonely, still a single. And he just smiled and nodded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the next day I got the call, you're, you're signed, you know, right? Draw up, a, draw up a proposal, you know, yeah. and so I, I drew up a, a contract that made sure that everybody in the band got a monthly wage, you know, and uh, same as I got, you know, we split it even Steven. Instead of big cash up front, I just put it, put it on a monthly basis. So they and they loved it. They loved that proposal. And it was a uh, Rupert's idea to make sure we we did a video. Okay, him. Yeah, he, he was a visionary guy. He was, right. he was he's he signed the Chili Peppers. He signed uh, uh, Little Stephen and the Disciples. But uh, Chili Peppers and who else? There was there was a whole slew of uh, what label is Jane's Addiction on? I'm not sure, but anyway. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dave Jordan was was the engineer. He he worked on us, and he, he got the James Addiction album because he played them our version of Maria, and they loved that percussion. Oh. Yeah. How'd you come up with the the man name? Uh when we were on tour with the Motels, I would always look at look at who's playing locally and try to go out and see local bands. And there was one band called the wild accusations. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great title. I that's, a, that's hilarious. This is yeah. a lot of others for the marquee, but it's just, it's, I just thought that was a great, great name for the yeah. accusations. You know? <laughs> and uh, I think that's how I, it was just something like that. You know, I, I think I wanted to just call it, it was just a joke name just for just to, for now yeah. until we thought of a real name and, and yeah I never did, so. just, yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah you got any plans like to do any more of those 80 shows
1: uh well i'm singing at the house of blues in the anaheim uh february 24th
0: okay
1: so uh that's next week next saturday <laughs> so um uh... That's through uh, some friends. Uh, this band, '80s band called uh, Reef, the Reflex. Reflex. I don't think there's a the. Okay. They, they started out as a as a Duran Duran tribute band, and then they they Branch cover up things, but they're really popular down there. And, and then they came up with this business idea of finding people like me and other '80s singers, you know, to come down for for a fee and see. In other words, they can't hire a, a you know, Depeche Mode or something like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, or even even lesser acts you know that it's it's just cost prohibitive but they can do that kind of a thing right so i think i'm there with uh romeo the girl from romeo void
0: oh yeah deborah
1: yeah I I mean, have... yeah, Debo- deborah. yeah yeah yeah. I, like yeah. That deborah. yeah I I had her on last year <laughs> oh she's awesome yeah like she's it. great yeah I, I always yeah and i always loved that that record you know yeah, yeah that'd be better if we slept together <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah good stuff man yeah love the guitar part just clanking away on the harmonics you know clink clink clink, clink. yeah it's great that's cool, <laughs> yeah. That's cool. yeah yeah because we were everybody we were, we were trying to do something different you know something besides you know foreigner you know
0: yeah <laughs> do you have any input of what songs you perform for that I'm sorry. What do you have any input, like on what songs you perform, or they kind of tell you which ones they want you to sing
1: for that show? Well, I, it's got to be Belly of the Whale, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, besides yeah. that, the... yeah, I'm a one hand wonder. Well, yeah. well the last time we, I sang for them, we did four songs. Uh, we did Pablo Picasso. That's right. our, that's our other bona fide hit. Yeah. And uh, but I didn't. I, that's the only two I did from Burning Sensations, and then I did uh, Folsom Prison Blues, but by Johnny okay. Cash, and Smoke Two Joints. Right. <laughs> Um, kind of the sublime version, but you know, a little, a little crazier. Yeah, huh. cool. it, it went over great. You know, people liked it. Nice, well, they're having back, but I'm just doing the one song this time. Right, okay. They're having a uh, instead of just one artist, they're they're having several. I know it's me and Deborah, and I don't I don't know who else to be yeah. honest. Right, it's yeah. it's kind of a influx kind of a deal. Right
0: yeah I usually ask like where the artist was the first time they heard one of those songs on the radio, but I'll ask you where you were the first time you saw your video on MTV? If you remember
1: That's a good question i I think I was home. i th- I think I was watching it, watching MTV. And there it was. And I went, oh, cool! Yeah. And then it seemed like any time it turned it on, it was on. And I thought, oh, well, at least at least somebody likes it. You know? Yeah, right. This <laughs> record company sure as hell didn't. You know? Yeah, no, I, yeah. That had 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 not had not the powers to be in in London. You know, EMI. You know, had they not decided to put Rupert over at EMI, and if he was still at Capitol, we we wouldn't be having this conversation. You know what right. I mean? It would be yeah. an entirely different conversation. Right. No, absolutely. And I, you know, where's my Lamborghini? And yeah, exactly. I'd, that's my I joke. Actually, you know? Yeah.
0: I actually would have had the, the album in my collection. On, yeah, yeah, yes, you had a re- yeah. Yeah. You
1: would have definitely had an EP and probably, you know, other material too. A couple more. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he would stick with an artist. He, he would, he would at least three albums, you know, he would, he would hang in there and, you know, and make you, make you go out on tour, which is, I,
0: i love going on the
1: road so you know i love playing live you know yeah. it's my thing anyway i always felt i'm not i'm not much of a singer you know and i always felt like it to be truly successful i would have had to find a, a a writing partner and another singer i didn't want to work with another female right anyone, you know for obvious reasons yeah um um just because I'm too sexy for my shirt, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, but
0: uh, yeah, but Tim, I th- th- this was great. I thank you so much, you know, for this because um, I've been a fan of the song for 40 years now, and yeah, you know, and I'm glad I was able to talk to you. I'm glad
1: you so clear the song- air
0: on certain things, so that was good
1: too. Yeah. And the song does reflect the pain of that. Period, you know that I was going through, you know, getting, you know, losing my gig, losing my girlfriend, yeah, by my girlfriend, you know, the whole right, <laughs> getting snubbed by the record, the whole thing, you know, it's just like, yeah, I felt like, jumped in the belly of the whale, and I know I wasn't alone, I'm not the only one who's gone through those kind of things, so I, I wrote those those simple silly lyrics, and uh that's it, uh, my favorite story about the song i'll i'll leave it with this is our last gig as a band was out at the palomino in in the, the valley out there and uh we finish up the guys are saying yeah i guess we're done we will see you later i said all right you know blah 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 and um afterwards this is young girl she's about 15 and she goes uh i i i just wanted to say that i i live in motel hell um I, do you, are you aware of this legend no there was, there was a, a building a vacant office building and it had a series of basements on on sunset boulevard in hollywood deepest darkest hollywood like right? not two blocks from the Gromas chinese theater big right. white building and uh it was called Motel this, all these runaways were down there living in in deplorable conditions you know subject to predators and drugs and it was just, it was bad. It was a seriously bad homeless situation with underage kids who had been through horrible things. That's why they were runaways. Right. And uh, they, they loved that song, that song, she, she, they pulled together bus fare for her to ride the bus out to the Palomino to make sure that they, she was their spokesperson to tell me personally Thank you for the song It gave them hope. Oh wow i I was speechless. I didn't even know what to say. I said, yeah, I, can I arrange for you a, a ride back?" She goes, "No, no, I'm good. I'm covered." Wow, you know, these kids were tough, you know they they were they've been through so much and so young at such a young age. probably mostly you know, some sort of abuse at home, you know, that they already were running from something terrible. Right. To, to live in those conditions um that, that that was moving so saint peter you know <laughs> when my day comes at least you know what's that line from that song uh, uh you know i must have done somebody good sometime yeah you know? <laughs> that's how i feel about that at least I did that you know what i mean right but yeah but tim thanks again you're welcome